Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hello everyone, uh, we got a very special show again today. I've done shows with SB3 now, I've obviously done shows with Alex McCarthy, but for the first time ever, I'm joined by Stephanie Chase. Steph, I know you've had a big move this week, so how are you doing? Are you, are you able to stay awake? I'm exhausted. <laughs> I'm very, very exhausted. But, you know, it's really hard work moving, I find out. And I wish I had some um, big AW wrestlers to help me, but I didn't. And I did it all by myself. And it's been difficult, but I'm pretty much there. But yes, I was so tired. I couldn't even stay up for Dynamite last night. First time ever. Yeah, that's commitment. That is. And I, I know people in. Uh in in the states might be nice yeah like dynamite isn't too big like too big of a deal but for steph to watch dynamite every week she goes to bed about four so yeah you must have been shattered but yeah I, no i was gonna say yeah my bedtime after dynamite depends on how good a show it was if it if it was an average show i'll go to bed straight after if it was an amazing show i'll probably be up for an hour thinking about it so yeah it's usually a late night on wednesday so when did you end up going to bed after the uh, Bullet Club reunion, I guess, last week? Ooh, last week? Uh, that must have been a late one. Yeah, that was an after four one. That was an after four one. But the one where Kenny, um, <laughs> where Kenny, Don Callis, Sting appearing, that was like five after 5 a.m., 5, 5.30 time. That was one of the like latest that was, I wanted to throw a party that night. Like I was like calling people after four saying, hey, are you up? Do you want to have a virtual party with me? You know, it was, it's crazy. That's what being a wrestling fan is all about. We love to see mm-hmm. it. Um, guys, obviously, if you want to get in your uh, ultra chats, head on over to wrestletalk.com forward slash wrestle2. If you thought a particular match over these past couple of days has been great that you want to tell us about or or anything really you want us to debate and discuss, send it in over there. Um, obviously, we've got a bit of news to cover today, but there were two shows last night, uh, NXT and AEW, which we'll be diving into, as well as some hot takes and uh, maybe some way too early predictions for what we think is going to happen at Revolution. Because I didn't realize we're only six weeks until the pay-per-view now. Which is, it's not yeah, we're six weeks, but we have the beach bash in between, which will yeah. probably throw a spanner in some of our predictions. But yeah, six weeks, that's that's not too long. 
Not too long at all. I mean, by WWE standards, they in in six weeks they still have another pay per view to get through. But with AEW, because they are mm-hmm. they take three months between. So yeah, we'll we'll mm-hmm. we'll delve into some predictions for that. And uh, yeah, so let's start with a little bit of AEW uh, chat based on last night's show. I thought was once again another brilliant show. Probably wasn't as good as the week before, but was still just fantastically consistent uh was there any particular matches or, or moments that you really enjoyed uh while you when you watched it this morning yeah when i watched it this morning uh there was a couple of things that stood out to me um firstly just for a little segment i liked the little uh dark order bit they had you know backstage yeah. with a uh, hangman page i really liked that um because i love the dark order so much and what they've been doing on being the elite and it looks like they're kind of going to bring that more to dynamite than we've seen before and the whole like love in between hangman page and um john silver and alex reynolds just like i love that so much so i was really happy to see that um i also i personally really liked um the waiting room not the whole segment but just brit you know herself i thought she was great um reba was great and really funny uh some of her little digs that she got in uh, cody were great um so yeah I, I really liked seeing her getting that like bigger platform to to do something there and then then setting up a match between her and thunder rosa is very exciting to me and then also you know brian cage and darby allen that was that was awesome. Like Darby, yeah. <laughs> he can take a bump. Like he was he just can. the perfect, the perfect little like ragdoll. He he was like mm. one of those little, um, you know, the little goth dolls you can get, the, like little soft ones, um, yep. just being thrown around all the place by Big Brian Cage, and then uh, the like ending with Sting coming out and then you had Darby's amazing theme music but with Sting Snow that just I loved that a lot that made me so happy yeah I know we spoke about it uh, last week on Twitter I was happy there was a bit more progression with Sting this week they actually got physical for the first time I think that was yeah sort of they're painting him as a bit of like a I guess like a guardian angel for Darby Allen. He's like basically just looking over mm-hmm. him, protecting him whenever he needs, which I think is quite a good story that will mean yeah. Sting doesn't always have to get physical to stay relevant, which is quite important. Yeah. I love it. Like he is like Sting's crow. Like he is, or he is Darby's actual crow, just looking over him, protecting him. And I like that little bit of him just getting involved to like even the odds. He didn't come out at the beginning, but he came out when he was when he was needed, and yeah. that was great. Yeah, I agree. I think it was actually very smart for AEW to do the um, what are they the weigh-in segment last week because it just emphasised the size mm-hmm. difference between those two, which was just yeah. shown further in the match, and I think really helped it. Uh, I liked mm-hmm. FTR versus Marco Stunt and Jungle Boy. I think Jungle Boy mm-hmm. came off looking really good. Marco Stunt looked really good to the point where. I've not been one of those people that's been really anti him, but sometimes when he's done some stuff, I'm like, listen, like it isn't realistic. Like, really, like I mean, there's yeah. Rey Mysterio small, and then there's Marco Stunt small. He's like really yeah. small. But I think I think I'm taller tall, than Marco. <laughs> no, I'm really small, and I think I'm taller than Marco. I think my my dog, <laughs> my dog, if you'd stand him up, would be taller than Mar- uh, Marco. But I think that the way they did it with uh, with him being used as like 
a weapon, I guess, by uh, Jungle mm-hmm. Boy for parts of it, and then FTR just clobbering his head off. I thought was really good. I thought it was probably his his best match in AEW. Uh, it was sort of yeah. how he's looked, and, and he, I thought it just sort of, it was a very very solid show. My only issue is with the inner circle stuff. Listen, I love the inner circle. I think they're great. Their segments are so funny, but. I don't think they should be deciding who the tag team is because they already have one of the best tag teams in the world in their ranks. Like, I think it should just be a natural assumption, I guess, that LAX are the tag team because like, they're like one of the best in the world. And I think that for all AEW's great points, and there are so many, one of the biggest sort of missed opportunities has been proud and powerful over the last... Mm-hmm. Um, couple of months uh would, would you agree with that or do you think i'm just being a uh, wwe diehard that's got to find something wrong with aw somewhere well i think you are that louis but that doesn't mean that you're wrong in this instance um i think maybe the problem is that aw you know they have the young bucks they who are evps and I think that they kind of just focus on one tag team thing at a time and it's probably going to revolve around around the Young Bucks, especially when they have the titles. Um, and then Proud and Powerful, they got put in the inner circle and it did kind of leave them not being used as a tag team much. I felt that for this segment, firstly, I thought like the swerve was going to be that they would tell Sammy, actually, you're the odd man out because Wardlow's got a team with Hager. <laughs> like I think that's what's going to happen next week. I think that's what, we, that, that's what we're setting up. And it would make sense. Yeah. But then I guess you'd want them to win. I mean, it does set up a lot of options. I will say that. I, and I legitimately yeah. don't know who's going to win. It could be... I think Sammy and um, Hager won't win, but out of the other two, it could be either of them, realistically. I think a lot of it comes from just having a group and having Jericho in the group and wondering what to do with them and kind of the easiest way seems to be to put them in teams and seems to do, be able to do tag team stuff and get him to team with MJF seems to be the easiest way to tell the story that they're that they're trying to tell within the group. Yeah, I think that there are so many options. They're they're doing this Sammy stuff really well, like the whole fact that yeah, really. calling Jericho a tag team slut with all his different tag teams was was brilliant. I just thought it was very funny. Yeah. And then um, I, I yeah. want to ask your opinions on the the Kenny Omega stuff. Obviously, we've got the AW debut, in-ring debut of the Good Brothers. Uh, what, what did you think about it? Because initially, I was a bit like, oh, I, I didn't think that was how it was going to go. I thought they would play up the whole like Gallows and Anderson, Young Bucks and Kenny Omega as a faction for a little bit longer before playing up any sort of like dissension or any sort of conflict between the group. But that seemed to come really early, like a week after they'd done Mm -hmm. everything. Initially, I was a bit against it, but then I thought this is actually not early because we've been playing up the dissension within the group for months now, since All Out, since even before, since when Kenny and Hangman were a tag team. Uh, So what were your thoughts on the whole thing? Yeah, I kind of feel like the way the Kenny character has been, even before we got to this um, stage of his alliance with Don Callis, is you, he has seemed a little bit untrustworthy. And the Bucks have seemed to be people that are trying to give him the benefit of the doubt as as his friend. Um, so last night, it did it did surprise me that they went in this direction so quickly. But I feel like 
it it makes sense. I think that they're maybe trying to tell the story of the young bucks, maybe coming to the real, realization that they don't really know Kenny like they think they did. And maybe that could lead to something with, with Hangman coming back and realizing that maybe Kenny was the problem all along rather than the problems yeah. he had with the Bucks and the rest of the elite. So I quite liked it, but um, I would say that they'll probably kind of tease things a bit more uh, in the coming weeks. I, I would say maybe next week or uh, Kenny will try and like justify what happened to the Bucks or something and we'll just leave them feeling a bit confused but yeah it, it it was interesting to go with this uh already but it was cool to see the the good brothers have their in-ring debut on dynamite yeah i'm was, sure that's was, what they've been waiting for <laughs> i'm sure they've been waiting for, they've been waiting for that since before they left wwe <laughs> probably from the minute they signed their extensions with wwe in the summer of 2019 they were like we yeah. made the wrong decision we made the wrong decision <laughs> But um, I I agree with you. I think it was cool to see. Like it was just it felt they felt like an invading force. And then when you have Moxie coming out yeah. at the end, and and everyone from AEW, like the Lucha Brothers, you felt like it was all right. These mm-hmm. people are defending AEW, which is really hard to do when the promotion hasn't been around for like it's just over uh, two years at this point. Yeah, and Dynamite. But I think that. Oh, well, I was going to say to your point, I think that AEW, both um, on TV and off TV, real life and and KV have built up quite a good sense of community, especially yeah, among the good guys. We're um, helping. It doesn't seem out of the ordinary that you, you would have all these people come out. Even um, last week when you had like Brian Pillman Jr. and people jumping the reels and stuff, it it seemed like a, a likely thing that would happen. But I was just thinking, you know, the good the good brothers. Sometimes things really work out for you and not in the way that you thought because they end up going to Impact instead of AEW, which maybe they maybe they thought or the rest of the world thought was a bit of a. Uh, step down and now they've ended up being in impact being able to be on AEW and in this hot storyline that has everyone in the wrestling world talking which they may not have been in if they had just gone straight to AEW yeah they're involved in the hottest storyline in wrestling without question I think it's, yeah. it's uh, the Roman Reigns stuff is pretty good but in terms of storylines I think this is by far and away mm-hmm. the most exciting there are so many avenues it could go down and for the first like I thought I was looking forward to Slammiversary last year when there was all those impact debuts but uh yeah oh, like these formative but like compared to now I'm looking forward to hard to kill so much more than, mm-hmm. uh, than that. and it should be a good uh show obviously with them facing rich one and motor city machine guns I'm not even talking about the storyline options or anything like that just yeah the match the match will probably be very good because it's six yeah. exceptionally good wrestlers it's it's crazy um what what we're getting right now in terms of these this in-ring talent mixing it up and is that that pay-per-view is going to be one of the most interesting to watch in in a long time to see how people react to it, how many people are watching and just how, how good this whole angle has really got over. Yeah. I think we've actually got a string of like four quite exciting pay-per-views. We've obviously got hard to kill mm-hmm. the Royal rumble, which for all WWE's yeah. thoughts, a Royal rumble is always, for me, it's the most it's exciting. The pay-per-view of the year. Me too. That's the thing. The thing about the Royal rumble is you don't even have to book it. Well, really, because the excitement is just, who's going to come out. Who's going to come yeah, out? My, I'll never forget. Sorry, carry on. I was going to say, so my brother is 
18. So he's doing was supposed to be doing mm. his A levels this year, but obviously with everything going on, they've been cancelled. So we came to the realization we were like, we can watch the Royal Rumble together for the first time because he's still in school. So we've never wow. done it, and we're like, yeah, we're we're looking forward to that. But uh, go on, you were going to say a yeah. Royal Rumble memory, which are always the best. A Royal Rumble memory is watching it in um, a in a bar in London, a Royal Rumble party, and. I think it was, who was it that came out? Either Bubba Ray or Devon Dudley came out and a guy stood up, screamed and removed his shirt in the middle of the bar and like threw it. And then once, you know, everything calmed down, he was in the ring, he had to go quietly and just pick up his shirt and, and put it back on and, and sit back down like a normal human. <laughs> the Royal Rumble makes people do crazy things. I remember, so I was in a student yeah. house last year for university and Edge came back. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I, I tried like you like a student house walls are paper thin. So I tried so hard just to not say anything or not react. And I could just mm -hmm. see myself smiling. And I was like, you know what, Th this is what it's about. So we got the Royal Rumble. Yeah. Then we've got NXT, uh, the takeover show, which on, on Valentine's Day. And then we've got AEW Revolution. So a string of four pretty good pay-per-views, which obviously will be all over on Wrestling Daily, bringing you news, mm -hmm. reviews, everything. Um, so I want to uh, take do what uh, while we're on the topic of AW, um, there was a bit of confusion, I guess, with Sonny Kiss. So, um, Tony Schiavone seemed to suggest that Sonny Kiss was injured on uh, uh the Dynamite post show on YouTube yesterday, uh, but said, um, but Sonny Kiss said on Twitter, I'm not sure how this narrative started that I was injured, but baby girl is totally okay, just an FYI. And I think Tony Schiavone said he saw uh, Sonny in the changing room in the trainer's room. And was a bit confused. Uh, so yeah, at least Sonny Kiss isn't injured. Oh, I've been, I've I'm been glad really Sonny's okay. Right I've yeah, been really I think Sonny is great. Yeah, Sonny's He's... great. Such a great talent. And I think when you've got like such a stacked tag division, people like Sonny Kiss and Joey Janela and the Varsity Blondes, like we saw, they're mm -hmm. so important that you don't have to, like we see with WWE all the time. You don't have to have, if the revolution matches, I don't know, just say it's FTR versus Young Bucks. We don't have to see that 16 times in the weeks leading yeah. up to the pay-per-view. We can see different matches. So I think AEW's tag division, tag division is so unique in the sense that it's got like an upper card, like a main event scene, an upper, mm -hmm. mid, an upper mid card, a mid card, and like a lower mid card that is just, yeah. I, I could talk about AEW's tag division for hours, but we will move And then on. it's got the inner circle floating around it. <laughs> don't even, don't even. And then you've got possibly trios titles being introduced. No, I can't. I'm getting too carried away with myself. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. 
So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. We've got some ultra chats here to dive into, which I will do now. Uh, we got one here from CM Chris. Hey, Louis and Steph. AW, AW Dynamite was another fun time with some crazy stuff like the TNT title match. Holy smokes, that table spot. Also, happy 50th episode of Wrestling Daily. Shout out to Carol again to make her smile. It is actually the 51st. I checked this because I wasn't sure, but it is the 51st. But uh, yeah, happy 50th. Happy 51st, uh, Steph. Congratulations for being on this show. Um, and then in terms of the Super Chat, uh, yeah, it was it was so fun, that match. Some of the spots were just incredible. That It came it's out crazy. of nowhere, that table spot. So for people that haven't seen it, Brian Cage is in the ring, and he just picks up, like in a gorilla press, picks up Darby Allen, and then just chucks him outside the ring through a table, which, to be fair, I probably should have expected something like that coming with... Uh, Darby Allen in yeah. the ring, who just seems to have a death wish to throw himself off things and just do whatever he wants. But the spots in this match were so cool. Even the coffin drop on on Brian Cage to the mm. outside, so good. I, I don't actually think we gave this match enough uh, credit when we were running down the show. It was really good. It's great to see so two so opposite people, both physically, personality, uh, everything, be able to come together and make something as great as that, and use each other's strengths of what they could do. And and also, what was also great about it was Cage got so much in on Darby, but Darby didn't look weak because he's kicking out at one um, on a lot of the spots, and he still managed to look strong even while being chucked the whole way around the ring it was incredible it was so good the whole like the whole thing was so good and i i i I loved it i thought it was such a good match i think that it was also a nice touch to have um the aw world title match happen last week and the tnt title match uh, go on this week because it makes them feel like equals like either one can main event and it, and they feel like the same level. I, I really like it. But yeah, I agree with you. One, the spots were crazy. Another thing AEW is doing really well is making this TNT title, the secondary title, really seem very important, which I think WWE doesn't do a lot of the time with their intercontinental title. But this, this is almost like how the intercontinental title was for a while in New Japan, where it can main event TV shows and you can have like such a big story that people get invested in, you know, in the TNT title, there will be times I'm sure when the TNT title storyline has people way more invested than the world title storyline. Yeah. I think even it, it, 
I would say now with Sting being involved, but then you've got Kenny Omega mm-hmm. involved. And it's not to say that the TNT title isn't exciting. It's just the AEW world title scene. It's just, it's, it's hard to pick which one you prefer most. Uh, yeah. We've actually got an, a, a hot take here um, from uh, WrestleScope that I want to dive into because uh, they've got an interesting take on women's wrestling, but I think uh, will be cool, to us, uh, cool for us to dive into. So let's check that one out. Hey, Stefan Louis, it's John from WrestleScope, and here's my hot take. Divas era women's wrestling storylines were so much better than what we have going on on Raw and AEW right now. AEW's women's division is a mess. Raw, we don't even know what's going on with the champion. Vince has ruined it completely. It's all about blonde hair and big boobs right now. Look at Lacey Evans. Bring back Divas era wrestling because there was at least good storylines. John has my favorite voice. John has a very good voice. What do you think about his hot take, though? You know, um, I can understand what he's saying, Oh, especially when it comes to WWE. I think that they, their women's storylines aren't great a lot of the time. Um, and I think that I've always thought, like, the Divas era kind of gets a bad rap because people kind of judge it on what was put upon the women, like them being called divas and them being given a a butterfly belt. Uh, But there was a lot of great talent at that time. And there were some good storylines that got people invested. And when it comes to, you know, putting, uh, giving blondes that look a certain way, you know, everything that still happens today, that, that still does happen today. They haven't, they haven't got rid of that. So, I, t- I do totally, you know, I see with what, what he's saying and I agree with it too. We know the AEW women's division needs a lot of work. Like, we know that. And I think it's finding the time for it. And I, I think maybe when they start this second show that Tony Khan's been talking about, we could see more of a focus on women. I think the NXT women do great. But as far as main roster, it seems to be just a rotation of the same people. And then there are people that just never get a break. Like someone that I always think of, like Dana Brooke never gets a break. Um, and there's people that I'd push a lot more, like Shanna Baszler, but they're very focused on, on Charlotte. Um, they're very focused on that core for horsewomen. Um, and yeah. It, and it is difficult. Lacey Evans I was just going to say, like, Lacey Evans is is good, but I think they're higher on her than, than they should be. She is someone that almost feels very forced upon us. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I think that they obviously like the fact she's a former Marine. That is something that they'll always like. And uh, But they, I, 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 they don't know how to give her a character with it. No. It's like it, they tell us she's a former Marine and she's a mom. So you think, okay, wow that's amazing then they make her this horrible you know person that's just nasty to everyone but yet you've been told her you know great sympathetic backstory and then they had the weird thing with rick flair where it's like i thought i thought it's like okay well i thought you just told us that she's a mom that has her kid and her husband in the audience all the time so what's like going on here it's an absolute muddled mess of who they want her to be you know, I agree. And, like, the thing with AEW is you can never say that the women 
like especially recently, the women have been given time in their matches. Like Tay Conti yeah. and um, Serena Deev had, had, had it had no story. Like there was no storyline going into it. But they were given a lot of time, and Tay Conti came out looking great. Serena Deeb is is just great. And I think that sometimes that's lacking on Raw as well, where like the women are involved in short matches. I think SmackDown's done, but SmackDown's better, definitely, in terms mm-hmm. of like Sasha Banks and Bailey were sort of really doing well. Then you have Carmella, who's been thrown in the mix and has looked, I think, has really improved. She's done some of her best work. And then you've got. Um, Bianca Belair, who's coming through and so I think starting to get the the credit and the mm-hmm. sort of um, respect she deserves from WWE. But yeah, on Raw, the storylines are, are muddled. I mean, Asuka hasn't defended her title in a match over three minutes since September, yeah. which is, is crazy. Yeah. Like, I mean, with AW, at least you can say that, listen, the, the stories might not always be there and they might not always be great, but they will always say, all right, the women can have a slot go out there and show what you can do and they do always show what they can do in the ring which i think is sometimes missing from wwe yeah i think uh the tai conti serena deep match was was really really good and tai conti is uh she's great and she's kind of a, a good example of how wwe developmental can really let people down because she's improved so much since leaving there and i think that with her and serena they could have filled us in a bit more and given us like a real life story because they she probably would have trained her like they would have worked yeah. together and there was something yeah. you know they could have put something like that in but as well with Ty Conti and the relationship she has with Anna Jay I like that and I hope that's explored more because that to me I look at them and I see how they interact and I'm 100% by that they're best friends in real life whereas yeah. Mandy and Dana I, I don't you know, I don't no. buy their friendship at all. And Mandy and Dana, they're being put together because they're both blonde, so they look alike. But we know that Mandy's real-life best friend is Sonia, who she's the opposite to. And they, those two together were able to convey an actual friendship more than her and Mandy. And Ty, Ty Conti and Anna, I, I totally buy into that. And I want to see more of them interacting together. Yeah, I agree. I think that, it's as you say, WWE is often in a thing where, especially with the women's tag titles, they're like, all right, let's shoehorn these two women together because they seem like they look similar, so they'll be friends. But uh, as you say, yeah. Anna Jay and Tay Conti don't look similar, but you buy the fact they're actually friends probably because yeah. they actually are friends. Same with, um, mm-hmm. I mean, in WWE, like we had with Mandy Rose and um, Sonya Deville, like we had with Peyton Royce and Billy Kay. I feel that sort of way with uh, Ruby Raya and Liv Morgan. But with with sort of like Mandy and Dana Brooke, like I'm not saying they're not friends, but on TV, they don't look like the sort of people where in a tag team, one of them would go out of their way to really help the other person. And like, it's a, they're like, how do I work? Like, so FTR, for example, I cannot imagine Dax appearing on TV without cash. Like, I think yeah. it would be weird. And that's mm-hmm. the same with, uh, that's complete, like, that's what you want from a tag team. But with Dana Brooke yeah. and Mandy Rose, it almost feels weird to see them together, not on their mm-hmm. own, if that makes any sense. It feels like they've really been shoehorned yeah. into a position where it's like, all right, you guys must be friends. 
But I do completely agree with the AW point from last night. They should have had, like, even if it's a slight video package of Ty Conti being like, I want to prove to you that, like, I'm better than you or whatever because you used to train me. Because they mentioned that briefly on commentary, but it didn't feel like an integral part of the story, which I think could have taken a minute and could have really helped. I remember when I was uh, when I spoke to FTR that they were talk. They told me about how when they watch tag teams as kids, they truly believe that they were best friends and that's what they wanted, and that's why they don't like tag team breakup stories. And I kind of feel the same that, and I think that they should. You know, that's why the iconics breaking up seems seems so bad because you do truly want to believe that these people are our best friends. You do want to buy into that storyline that they that they do everything together. And to be honest, if they're if if a tag team is not totally invested in each other and being a team, that why are you a team? Why doesn't Mandy Rose just go chase the singles title? Because she's got no connection to Dana Brooke. Whereas the Iconics, if they've gone up and grown up and done everything together, like of course they'd want to be tag team wrestlers and chase the tag team titles. Yeah, Matthew's brought up an interesting point here. They had a segment on the road to YouTube, which they had played that video on Dynamite. Yeah, I think one of the issues with AW sometimes is they assume that everyone watches everything. So if I if I watch mm-hmm. AW, I also watch Dark. I also watch um, Being the Elite. I also watch the Road Two stuff. And with the amount of wrestling going on, there just isn't. I think it, it's a lot to ask people that. Yeah. So for example, I always go back to the Scorpio Sky when he wrestled Cody on Dynamite, coming off that massive winning streak in the summer, because none of those matches were on Dynamite. Yeah. I was just a regular Dynamite watcher. I'm like, who is this guy, and why do I think he's got any chance? But yeah. they could show some of those matches, show have, have basically feel more like an integrated world. But as you were saying with the women's stuff earlier, I think once they get their second show and they have more time mm-hmm. to do stuff, that we are going to start seeing um, sort of AW explain stories slightly more that might not be in sort of the main bubble of storylines like the Kenny Omega stuff. I would love to see more of these great video packages because they do them so well. And yeah. like the the uh, Darby Brown Cage package was awesome. It got me really excited. And a lot of the stuff that they show on Road Twos, they should put a little bit on Dynamite because, as you said, like not not everyone's everyone's me. You know, not everyone's watching everything. <laughs> but then I did feel when I saw the Dark Order segment, I almost felt that was for people that don't watch Being the Elite. Because if you watch Being the Elite, you do know that they're nice, friendly, as I always call them, like my favorite friendly neighborhood cult, like you know how nice they are. And that's that does need to be portrayed more to the Dynamite viewer. And I think that that little segment was bringing that world into the Dynamite world. Yeah, uh, I have just seen a wild Alex McCarthy in the comments, kind of checking up on us. Wow. Um, but yeah, Alex, hope, hope you're enjoying yourself in Abu Dhabi, being a proper journalist, being sent out to places while I just sit in my room. Uh, we've got uh, one more Ultra Chat here. Today. We've actually got a few, but we'll do one more here. Um, if you guys want to get in your Ultra Chats, head on over to WrestleTalk.com forward slash Wrestle2. Any topics, comments, questions, we will answer all of them before the end of the show. Uh, one here from WrestleScope, who actually submitted in the hot take that we were just talking about. Uh, hey, Stefan Lee. Yeah. I think the FTW title is a giant waste of time. Why have a belt that is never defended? It was cool when Taz forced, uh, first brought it back out, but since then it's been a waste. I actually 
think that it would be weird if it is defended because they put over that it's not recognized by AEW. So if AEW mm-hmm. started announcing, you know, when like Jim Ross goes, oh, here's what we got next week. If he went, oh, we've got Brian K defending the SEW title, it'd be like, all right, so can I just now debut a title and automatically have it defended and be a title holder? So I actually think yeah. I would like to see more stuff done, but I don't think AEW should, for example, announce matches and be like, all right, the FTW title will be defended tonight. Uh, how do you uh, how do you feel about sort of how the FTW title is being used and maybe what they can do in 2021 to uh, to make us care about it a bit more? Um, I've never seen it as a title in anything but how it looks. I almost yeah. see it as their heels, and this is something that Taz... Um, he gives to his his favorite guy you know he he gives it to Brian Cage he gives it to a person that's worthy of it so I don't need to see it d- defended or anything I would more like to see you know Brian Cage after losing to Darby Allen Taz you know say to him maybe you're not good enough for the FTW title I think what they could build to with it is Ricky Starks taking the title because he's obviously showing so much promise and he kind of actually feels like the main guy in that faction anyway and him kind of just coming up behind Brian Cage and and Taz, you know, in the end stripping Cage of the title and giving it to Ricky Starks and if this uh, Team Taz, if it goes on for another couple of years then maybe Hook will be the, the next recipient of it as well. So I see it more, I think, you know, what Yes, it's, it's a title, but I see it more as a cool fashion accessory that Taz gives out to people rather than a towel. Something a bit more fancy than him just handing them a towel. It's a fancy towel. Um, I, I don't want to... Um... <laughs> That's, please make that the, the title. Is the FTW title just a fancy towel? <laughs> yeah, I think that's yeah, we, we've clipped that. We're going to get some uh, a pissed off Taz uh, coming after us. But um, before we talk about the... Um the NXT show last night and, and a little bit more news. I want to touch on uh, the AW Awards. Actually, that picture is far too small for it for me to even show. Uh, so I would just read them out. Some of them were slightly controversial, I thought. So for example, for best moment... So for those that haven't seen, the AW Awards are going to be done on Bleacher Report next week. They will basically, I think, be a more legitimate version of the Slammies. They are to be voted on mm-hmm. by fans. Um, it's going to be sort of the the moments of AW so far, like all from last year. But some of them yeah. were slightly interesting. So, for example, best moment okay. on the mic, we had MJF. We deserve better speech. Cody Rhodes accepting the dog collar match. John Moxley accepts Inner Circle's invitation. Randy Rhodes confronts Jay Car- Jade Cargill, and Orange Cassidy debates Chris Jericho. We have no Eddie Kingston That's now, which is weird. Odd. That's yeah. really odd. Um, yeah. Kingston, well, I know what um, I picked the Brody Lee promo for promo of the year, but uh, and I can see that 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 was a short promo, so it probably wouldn't qualify, whatever. But not having Kingston on a best a best mic thing, it, it, no. And also Moxley did better promos than that. He, yeah, he did much say. much better. Pro- like his Omega promo, that's not even the Moxley one you'd pick. So yeah, that's very odd. Um, yeah, so biggest surprise was Matt, uh, is Matt Hardy as uh, debut. Jake the Snake Roberts mm-hmm. confronts Cody. Brody Lee av- uh, arrives in uh, AW as the Exalted One. Sting's debut and Miro's debut, which I'm like, okay, fine. We've got the breakout. Yeah, yeah we got the breakout star, which is Orange Cassidy, Darby Allen, Eddie Kingston, and John Silver. No Ricky Starks, who I think should really be on that list. 
I honestly think that they are because John Silver is someone that got, you know, got himself over and being the elite and they're letting shine. I think they aren't ready to let Ricky Stark shine yet because, you know, they they don't they have a plan that they're trying to execute and Ricky Starks has just got himself over quicker than then before. So I don't think that they want to yet promote Ricky Starks as the the star that he is just yet because I think if if fans were putting forward the nominations, Ricky Starks would be in that. Yeah, it, it, so those two were the only sort of really controversial ones. And I, I, listen, I get that these aren't anything to uh, to lose sleep about or anything to sort of uh, yeah. not watch AW for. But not putting Eddie Kingston in best promo and Ricky Starks' breakout style was a little bit... When I was reading through them, I was like, really? Is, is that a I'm mistake? sure Eddie Kingston was like, really? <laughs> I just don't get it. But uh, anywho, there's nothing to nothing too uh, sort of dramatic or important. Um, and we have got uh, some more news to get into, so we'll do that now. Uh, and the sort of title news today is about uh, Roosh of Ring of Honor and the fact he has basically, uh, WWE has basically turned him down, which is a bit surprising. Um, so a report from Wrestling Inc. states that Roosh was uh, represented by a AAA in negotiations and WWE made him an offer. Um, Roosh apparently wasn't happy with the offer and uh, WWE decided not to sign him, believing, believing his asking price was too high, which is interesting because WWE have never been the sort of people to shy away from signing people. It's always like, all right, you available? Yeah. Okay, we'll get you. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's pretty surprising that they're not in for him. Uh, I, I'm not going to have pretend to, not going to pretend to, know a great deal about him but all from the matches i have seen of Rush, he does seem fantastic and someone that would have been a great addition to nxt and then later on the main roster if wwe did decide to sign him so it is a bit surprising that they haven't that they've they've passed up on this it is and i can see why he uh took the chance of making his asking price bigger in in the in this climate but I mean, unfortunate for him, but, you know, he is a very talented guy and I'm sure you know, he's got someone else will will pick him up and maybe WWE will pick him up in a while. But, yeah, that is surprising that he priced himself out of, of WWE, who seemed to have opened the doors to everyone. Yeah, and, and listen, there's someone else that might be on the move that um, I'm sure you're not very happy about. So, Jay White, who could... Yeah be heading out of new japan uh he was actually mm-hmm. removed from the roster page today i personally think this is a storyline i think this is just a storyline that they <laughs> i don't think he's done with new japan yeah. uh you must be incredible you must have lost sleep over this i know that move has been hectic but you must have lost sleep thinking that your your beloved jay white might end up in the hands of vince mcmahon <laughs> I know. I, I lose more sleep over knowing that I have to go on Twitter and see everyone talking about JY. <laughs> that, that just annoys me, like, please. But um, I think it's a storyline as well. And as I, I said on Twitter myself, nice commitment, removing from the roster page. That's just, it, that takes no work. So, you know, that's great. Um, I Look, I hope he stays with New Japan. Everyone knows I hope he stays with New Japan. I, I can't imagine what they do to him in, in WWE unless unless he's going to start the revolution and be the first person that they actually you know use correctly and, and give what they deserve to. But I'm going to hold my breath. Um, 
you know, if he does go to WWE, he better freaking bypass NXT, debut in the World Rumble and win it, and then go on to win the title and just become the number one guy, untouchable guy on top for the next five years. <laughs> but I don't see that happening. I think he will stay with New Japan, and I think that he and New Japan know that this is the perfect time to execute the storyline. It's January. Not only is it January, this the wrestling world at the minute, it's all in a complete like tizzy because of what's going on with AEW and Impact and everything. Like No one knows what's what, and I think that they've picked a good time to do a really good storyline as a way of bringing him back as a sympathetic baby face character because all these fans that, you know, didn't really like him or didn't like his character, they're all going to be feeling the pang of missing him. And once he comes back, he'll be more popular than ever. So some, so you, you want him to stay with New Japan, I think he should stay with New Japan. But, but someone that doesn't is Apinav, who has sent in a hot take that I think we should have. Okay. I don't think this is the worst idea in the in the world, actually. Daily Fam, Louie, and hopefully Steph Chase, who is the only person I know that's as big a Jay White fan as myself. So, breathe with the switchblade and all. I think that Jay White should go to AEW and start a feud with Kenny Omega and be basically Kenny Omega's next challenger because if you remember Jay White was the one person who was undefeated against Kenny and he did beat him for the IWGP US title and then that could later on lead to a Bullet Club versus Bullet Club feud. Thank you very much. Okay. Do you want me to go? Do you want me to just dive in? Go, go. I think I'm not qualified enough on the topic, especially with you here, to have the first say on any on any Jay White news. So uh, I will let you uh, take this one first. Um, like him, if he has to leave New Japan, him going to AEW would be the best option. Uh, absolutely yeah. the best option. Um, him and Kenny, they had a great match together in new japan um he does hold victories over kenny there is a built-in feud there and it would make a lot of sense for him to turn up in AEW as the uh, an ex-bullet club leader against an ex-bullet club leader and um and also you know he's he's the one that came after him and he threw a shirt at him and then ended up you know taking over the faction but i think the really the best thing we could possibly hope for if you want to do Jay White and, and Kenny having a great feud is AEW and New Japan just getting a relationship together and I think that's the best way to do a Bullet Club versus Bullet Club feud is for that relationship to happen and we don't know if it's ever going to happen we don't know what it will take to make it happen but um, the most authentic Bullet Club versus Bullet Club feud that you could have would be putting New Japan and AEW together and getting Kenny and getting Jay to have that cross-brand, um, cross-promotion feud. No, I agree. I think that it, it is obviously not difficult, but no one knows. I think people got a little bit ahead of themselves towards the end of last year with the whole sort of Kenta stuff, thinking that Kenta was going to come into it. Yes. AEW. 
And I don't think it's a particularly bad thing to get excited, but I don't. I personally don't think a New Japan relationship is on the cards. Uh, but mm-hmm. I think this could be a great way to do it, where if New Japan are smart, they would say, all right, so we've got this Jay White thing going. Let's send him to AEW for a month, sort of work on yeah. that relationship with AEW, build up a bit of intrigue, make it seem like he's left, and then have him return. I think that there are definitely a lot of, sort of storylines that I would uh that, that I would I think that that'd be great but the only issue is I don't think him versus Kenny now makes it does make sense but I don't think I'd want to see mm-hmm. it both are so hot now and ultimately with a feud yes you can both come out looking great but someone has to lose and I don't want yeah. either of them to lose anytime soon yeah um but I yeah think I think that would be a great way to have Bullet Club combust and have New Japan and AEW Bullet Clubs basically just war with each other I think when people, when we talk about a New Japan AW relationship, I think people want it more to be like a marriage, but it can just be like a very casual, we can see each other people fling type thing um, rather than like an actual marriage. And it, it, you could do things like, okay, we need Moxley to defend um, his US title against, against Kenta. We'll let Moxley we'll give you Moxley to do that. He can do it on American soil, whatever, or you put him on a boat in the middle of the ocean, whatever. And then you send us Jay White, who lives in Florida anyway, for a couple of matches, you know, just to tease something even bigger. Like I, I would like to see them get to the point where they can do these little exchanges like that, which I think are more interesting than saying New Japan and AW have this, marriage where we're always going to see them together and it's a proper a proper working relationship could be just something more you know more casual i like the sound of that i think you've worded that perfectly um but yeah i think that we we saw that a little bit at the beginning with obviously uh jericho going over and moxie going over but it was very much one-sided we haven't seen any and i can see why tony khan will probably would probably be like hey i'm not going to keep sending people over if you're not sending anyone back it's it's a very one-way yeah. street um mm-hmm. so yeah i think that would be a great way to start it but who knows uh whether that is on the cards or not i don't think so i think we'll probably no, see I, I think we'll probably see jay white sticking with new japan which i think for him is probably the best thing uh going to wwe yeah. would be pretty bad pretty pretty bad um, yeah, but uh, someone that did debut last night was uh, MSK or uh, formerly the Rascals. So Zachary Wentz and uh, Desmond Xavier, who are now, and I can't believe I'm about to say this. So Nash Carter, which is fine for Zachary Wentz, Desmond Xavier's name is Wes Lee. So Wesley Lee, which is just awful. The name is awful. But they came in looking really good in their Dusty Cup match. Uh, they had a great mm-hmm. match with uh, Isaiah Swerve Scott and Jay Cutler, who I think are two very, like, two fantastic wrestlers. So to put them in there with uh, MSK was definitely a smart call, a right decision. But I, I don't, I don't know whether. So I think they'll they'll definitely progress to the final. Um, I just don't know how the group's going to work, obviously, without Trey Miguel, who currently hasn't decided where he's going to go. He's reportedly fielding offers from WWE and AEW. Um, so, yeah, how uh, from what you have seen of, obviously, uh, their debut, what did you think? And uh, do you think the group will sort of be of a detriment if they don't find a way to bring in Trey Miguel? 
Um, no, I think that they can work a, a work as a tag team, and I think you know they're in NXT now. They're getting a fresh start, and most of that audience isn't going to know them as a as a trio. I I think so. I don't think it should hold them back at all. I think they looked they looked good. They looked strong, and this uh, dusty cup is a really good way to bring them in, and um, a really exciting way as well. But yeah, with the names in WWE, it's a really potluck is what you get, isn't it? We just know that Desmond Xavier is going to be brought up to the main roster at some stage as Keith Lee's brother, and it's going to be Keith Lee and Wesley. It's going to happen. It is literally just a matter of time. But I don't even even want to think about it, but it will happen. Um, I thought NXT was also really good last night. Uh, Pete Dunne versus Finn Balor being set up is awesome. That is a match that I think anyone who likes sort of likes New Japan, uh, not New Japan, likes um, British wrestling will appreciate. That is a match between two people who are, I'd probably say, two of British wrestling's best exports. And yeah. if that happens to take over, we'll probably steal the show. So I'm very much looking forward to that. And uh, Zia Lee looked really good. Like, I'm really digging what they're doing with her now. For oft- oftentimes, and we spoke about it with Tay Conti earlier, WWE is great at bringing people in like a Io Shirai, who are all like a sort of people that are already established, like a Candice LeRae, yeah. and doing well with them. But they haven't done well with people that they've sort of cultivated on their own and who aren't big names. Possibly with the exception yeah. of Bianca Belair. Um, but yeah, I thought they're doing really great stuff with Xia now. I'm really interested in her character. Whatever's going on with this sort of like Chinese dungeon, whatever the hell it is, I'm really interested. Uh, how about you? Are you are you uh, looking forward to see what happens next with Xia and enjoying what they're doing with her now? Yeah, I am. I, th- I think it's... It, like some of the videos were quite strange and... As you know, you just didn't know what was going on, but they still got me intrigued and they still got me thinking, and and that's really all all you can hope for. But I think she's looked really good recently, and it is just nice to see them focus on her and give her an actual storyline. Like whatever this is, one thing you can't deny is that it's a storyline. She has something concrete going on, and that's excellent to see, especially for a woman on the roster. So. This might be one of the funniest comments I've ever seen. So we were talking about how, how uh, Wesley is going to be Keith Lee's brother. Does this mean Zia Lee is going to be Keith Lee's sister? I think it, uh, it works. It does work. It works. It works. Really? <laughs> but, they have a no, huge I, Lee family. <laughs> as long as they're not sort of dressing up as Bobby Lashley's sisters and we, 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 they're, they're Bobby Lashley's family, they're Keith Lee's family, I'll be very happy. Um, let's see what what other bits from NXT that went on last night. I think that so I don't know about you. Well, I'm going to remove that. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know about you, but I really, really like Grizzled Young Veterans. I think they are like incredible, and I'm really happy that we're starting to like. I think the pandemic hurt them more than more than most people in NXT. Like Rhea Ripley, yeah. it wasn't great for, but I think with Grizzled Young Veterans, they have so much potential, and they were starting to show it. But unfortunately, obviously, with the pandemic, they, they were stuck over here in the UK. Um, so as someone, obviously, from the UK as well, uh, do, have you enjoyed seeing Grizzled Junk Veterans? And uh, do you think that maybe their potential isn't just on NXT, that we could see them potentially on the main roster eventually? 
Um, I think they're great. I think they're fantastic, both in ring and um, Gibson's promos too. Um, I think they're really great. I think that I would love to see them flourish on the main roster, but they seem like an, such an NXT tag team. If you know what I mean? Like yeah. they have that edge to them yep. that NXT tag teams seem to have. I think I see NXT tag teams, if I'm going by colors, as like a very dark dark colors whereas the raw and smackdown tag teams i see like bright primary colors and they just seem to be like too edgy for the main roster or something you know i know yeah like profits had a good edge to them in nxt and then you bring them up to the main roster and it's you know viking raider skits and stuff and uh, i can't imagine grizzled young veterans doing skits but they'd probably be really funny at it but it would all it would be one of those things where it's funny but at the same time you're like but i want better for you and i'm sorry for laughing because laughing is actually bad because then you're encouraging it you're encouraging more of it it's like the kid that misbehaves and like your younger sibling and your mom's like don't laugh because they think it's funny they think it's a game and it's the same thing when we laugh about what wwe does like so when i've always thought this so the youtube numbers for the whole ending segment to raw when alexa bliss like threw a fireball around the orton's face the youtube numbers are so high so you can see why wwe keeps doing stupid stuff like this because it works and it's really like in terms of the numbers it really works but in terms mm-hmm. of like making sense, it's awful. I do want to bring this up as well from Uptown Avondale. Uh, so Keith Lee, Wesley, and Zyling, <laughs> family. That is really good. Yeah, like really, really. That's good. one of the best comments we've we've ever had. Uh, really but what you um, with the the YouTube numbers at the ending of Raw? I did not add to those numbers, as you can imagine. I'm not going to watch um, or rewatch that kind of uh, nonsense happening but it does it gets you know hits on youtube and the problem with you know i was watching a video the other day not about wrestling but about youtube and how it works and this girl was talking about someone problematic and was saying you know if you leave um if you go and comment on that video or comment on my video even if you say you don't like me that adds to my number of comments so my video is like getting all this engagement and will be popped up higher so with the the bad wwe stuff that does really well on youtube you know it's no indication of whether it's good or not but unfortunately the high numbers means they see it as well it's working whether people love it or hate it they're going to watch it and that leads to bad slash lazy writing if you're just churning out what will make people watch regardless of whether it's bad or good no i completely agree with you i think it's in wwe's mind i think no press like press isn't ever bad like press is always good like they get coverage no matter if it's bad or good that if their product's getting out there that's the main thing and it's the same Mm -hmm. thing on twitter like if you if so if someone disagrees with an article or disagrees with something someone's done if they keep like quote tweeting it or commenting on it, it's just going to show up on more people's timelines. So it is yeah. that double-edged sword where, uh, as you say, uh, if people comment on it, even sort of negative things, it is just going to get shared around more. Uh, but I want to head yeah. out of here uh, on on the dot. So I think we're going to do an Alex. We're gonna, we've bucked the trend of Alex McCarthy on Wrestling Daily at the moment, where we're always finishing on time, whereas Alex McCarthy is slowly every couple of weeks. It's, it's another couple of minutes. We're soon oh, he's reckless. 
reckless. <laughs> what a reckless host. You show me how it's done, Louis. I will. Uh, we've got one here from Bo Hill. Uh, if you want to get in your old chats quickly before we do head out, head on over to wrestletalk.com forward slash wrestle2. Any comments, any, anything you want, basically, us to talk about, we will. Um, one here from Bo Hill. What's your favorite non-finisher by a particular wrestler? So Walter's Chop, for example. I would have to go with Kenny Omega's Snapdragon Suplex. One of my favorite things to see in wrestling. What is a move that isn't a finisher that I really like? It's mm, not. Have you got one? Um, I'm just gonna say Jay White doing the Kiwi Crusher because it's <laughs> it's not his uh, proper finisher anymore. Um, yeah. Gosh, Walter's chops are great though. Uh, Walter's chops was a good show. Yeah. yeah, I'm gonna go to my favorite page on Wikipedia, WWE roster page. And uh, we're going to quickly write. I'm going to quickly have a look down the roster and see because I do not have a clue what. I'm, okay, I'll tell you what. I've actually thought of it. You know the move, right? Where AJ Styles normally does it. He's on the top rope and then he flips over them and goes straight into the DDT. That one. I like mm-hmm. that one. I think that's smooth. Yeah. Also, that a Canadian good. destroyer because it's never Canadian destroyer. Never uses a finisher anymore, which is a shame. It's never. A and it would kill me. And yet, it's not used as a finisher. You just watch it, and it's you watch it, and you almost can't understand how it works. But I must say that I'm still someone that loves a good Hurricane Rana. Hurricane Rana is good. I quite like a Poison Rana as well. So the reverse. I think you know what wrestling's good. Wrestling's really good. We don't say that enough. Wrestling's good. We don't say that enough. Wrestling is great. Oh, we got one more here from WrestleScope, actually. Uh, could the AW Impact crossover open the door to more crossovers in American wrestling, like the old territory days? The champions spend a month or on another brand. Uh, NWA, Ring of Honor, MLW, Nick Aldis in, M- in AEW. I don't, I don't know, to be honest, whether it's going to open the door for more. I think it will set up like a precedent for stuff like this happening. But I think mm-hmm. it will the one promotion sticking together as opposed to sort of a whole host of promotions coming together. I would like to see it though, because I think like I have never been more excited for Impact Wrestling than I have with a with, with AEW. So I think any promotion should probably be smart and realize all right, working together just seems like the best business. It seems to get people talking, seems yeah. to get YouTube numbers up, seems to get every just interest as a whole. Up, so let's do it. Do you think that maybe 2021 will be the year that we start seeing more like sort of the old territory days, uh, with uh, US at least domestic promotions? Um, not really. I, I think the excitement with AW and Impact is because it hasn't been done before. Like, obviously, AW it did um bring in the NWA women's champion and stuff, but that's that's a much smaller promotion than Impact is. Um, so I think that that's where the excitement lies. I think, for example, I don't see WWE is ever going to properly work with other promotions other than the small UK ones that they just swallow up. Uh, because what's in it for for WWE? Like, really, there's nothing in it for them because I think a lot of their fan base uh, 
me and you, people like me and you that are really hardcore into wrestling are in a little bubble where we think that uh, people watching Raw care about Impact or AEW and no such and such. They don't. Like, they don't. There's there's no need for WWE to work with another promotion. Their fans would be sitting at home going, who are these people? There's other wrestling? What? What? Like, I thought you guys were only a company. And I think that with um, AEW, they've, they've gone all out with this big... Uh, impact relationship and that kind of should be it at least for a long time because you, if once you start overdoing it you know it's not right if you want to bring in Nick Aldis for a match then that's cool but I think that other promotions that should work together are maybe like uh, MLW and an NWA something like that the even yeah. smaller ones that they could really benefit from it yeah no I do agree I think that like you say with WWE, if AEW and WWE ever had a working relationship, they never will. But AEW would be yeah. benefiting from that so much, like so much more than WWE. We like AEW has fantastic wrestlers, but I think people would be naive to suggest that, say, Kenny Omega comes over to AEW for a run. He's not going to be able to have Kenny Omega matches. He's going to be able to have the sort of matches that AJ Styles have and Daniel Bryan have, who are fantastic wrestlers yeah. but aren't really able to show it. So I think until WWE gets out of that mindset, we're not going to see any crossover with them. But in terms of other promotions, yeah, I think, as you say, a MLW and NWA, stuff like that could work, or, yeah. or a Ring of Honor and an NWA. We so, sort of mm. started to see that. I think that the smaller promotions working together is definitely uh, the way we should go with this. Um, final Ultra Chat here from Matty. Uh, hey, Louis. Hey, Steph. Sorry for the lack of Ultra Chats. College work has been horrendous. Uh, you and me both, Matty. Uh, Steph, how's the flat? Completely random question for you both. How did you get a start in wrestling journalism? Uh, I'll go on then. I'll start with you uh, for that one, Steph. How, how's the how's the flat and uh, how did you get your start in wrestling journalism? Uh, the flat is great. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, just, you know, finishing off the final bits. But so how did I get my start in wrestling journalism? Um, it was something that I always wanted to do, um, always tried to do. I got a degree in journalism and you know you can't just walk into a wrestling journalism job so I was doing other stuff but mostly entertainment stuff so the first place I worked for um I had a lot of freedom to do whatever entertainment stories I wanted to do so I did a lot of WWE based stories you know any time something big that would happen in WWE um like for example around this time was like when John Stewart showed up stuff like that anything that you could work in to to be in entertainment yeah. uh and then I started working at Digital Spy that has a WWE section and I was like hey I could I can do this like this is what I a what I want to do and be what I'm really passionate about so I was just yeah, lucky enough to choose places to work for that already were doing some coverage of WWE, but not enough coverage of WWE where you could put yourself forward and, and say that I can be that person to take it to the next level. Yeah, so my story is completely different. I was uh, in university first year. I was like, all right, I'm really bored because I had nine hours of lessons a week and just nothing to do. Um, obviously nothing to do that w when I wasn't sort of in, in like during the days. So I was like, all right, yeah. I, I was a fan of WrestleTalk. So I just subscribed to the channel. And I, I think uh, Ollie mentioned on a video, like, oh, we're always looking for new writers. So I emailed and that's how I got started. Uh, and then sort of writing, becoming a writer turned into becoming an editor and then becoming an editor turned into just 
breaking news and interviewing people and just sort of moving my way up <clears throat> through wrestling talk. Uh, so yeah, I'm actually coming up to two years in wrestling media, which is ah, that's crazy. It is crazy <laughs> that you can. It's crazy you can love something as much as we love wrestling and then actually have it be your job. It's really awesome. It is the weirdest thing where I always used to remember my parents would be like, oh, well, you're going to watch, like, don't watch the wrestling because it ends quite late and then you get quite cranky in the mornings uh, when I used to go to bed at, like, four and then get woken up at seven for school on three hours sleep. Yeah. But now I can be like, it's work. I'm doing work. Yeah. I'm, just, I'm allowed to watch <laughs> For me, I'm more at people just saying, like, why are you watching wrestling? It's pointless, and watching wrestling will never come to anything. And here I am. I had I had a Zoom call with my friends. I'll tell the story quickly. I had a Zoom call with my friends last night. And um, so obviously they know what I do, but one friend was like, so you cover the wrestling, but they don't actually hit each other, right? I'm like, what do you mean? They're like, so you, you do the wrestling where, like, they know who's going to win, yeah? I'm like yeah so they're like so why do you watch it i'm like so do you think when you watch friends for example that ross and uh rachel are actually like they're not actually having a kid together it's not real i was like this is the same thing it's not real it's people acting it but it is athletically impressive acting as opposed yeah. to just regular acting so i'm sure you've had that before having to explain to people oh it's the worst but I've more had, and I don't know if you've ever had this, like people not getting that it's something that can be covered. Like I, I was with my friends once and they, I was listening to Observer Radio. Their mind was blown that there was stuff to say about wrestling, yeah. that there was like news breakdown of like, ma- they were going like, but it's not real. Like, why are they talking about matches that aren't real? Why are they talking about like news for the? And I'm saying there is more going on in wrestling than in any other like form of entertainment or sport that you could cover. There's so much. You know, it's every yeah, day there's something. We did a quiz on Zoom once, and it was like so. The person doing the quiz was like, "All right, there's like a person, not like a personal round, but each question was a question about someone." So the mm-hmm. question for me was, "How many articles have I written for Wrestle Talk?" So they asked me, how many articles have you written? And I think at the time I'd done like 3,500. So they were like, wait, you've written 3,500 articles for us? And I'm like, yeah. And they're like, what can you write about for wrestling, like news? I'm like, you have no idea what we can write about. We will we will turn anything into a story. But there is often a lot of news that people don't cover. I, I mean, we've gone six minutes over here, even though I was just saying how we're not going to go over. And I feel like we could talk hours about how uh, wrestling media is all confusing but steph and i are actually going to be tomorrow on the friday show covering news covering whatever else we want to talk about uh so we actually didn't do any aw revolution predictions so maybe we'll do some of them tomorrow we could maybe do it tomorrow yeah We'll do it tomorrow. But yeah, guys, thank you very much for obviously tuning in today. Uh we've yeah, and tuning in over the last uh couple of weeks or so. That was uh rehashing that (laughs) just a great comment. (laughs) Flash that up again. Uh, but yeah, we're sticking by us when we've had some sort of schedule changes with everything that's been going on with uh, Alex and his uh, busy journalism life. Uh, so yeah, thank you very much for tuning in, guys. If you want to check out Steph's Twitter, that's Stephanie M. Chase. Uh, go on, give us the plugs. Where where else can people find you? Keep up with what you've got going on. You've got your show tomorrow night, right? 
yeah, I'm doing my um, AEW weekly show tomorrow night at 11.30 p.m. So a bit after we finish, two and a half hours after we finish tomorrow. So if you love AEW and love talking about AEW, come hang out with me, send me your chats. It's, you know, sometimes on this show, maybe I can be a bit negative, but I'm telling you, AEW weekly is the most positive show on YouTube because <laughs> we are always happy and having a great time enjoying AEW. Awesome. Yeah, Steph, I've never seen someone smile more when they talk about AW and then someone <laughs> frown more when they talk about WWE. But yeah, guys, we will see you tomorrow. And uh, yeah, see you guys. Bye. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.